The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We start today's show on a sad note. The cigar industry has lost a legend, has lost an icon. As on Tuesday morning, at the age of 91, cigar master Jose Orlando Padron. Jose O. Padron passed away at the age of 91. He was a wonderful gentleman to be around. He built an incredible company from nothing. And certainly at every cigar event or whether you would see him, I would see him in Miami, uh, the opportunity to smoke a cigar with him and learn about his background and learn about the trials, the tribulations, what he went through to start with nothing to create really an American-inspired success story, nothing short of amazing. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure, although in this hour it will not be pleasurable, but we will celebrate the life of Jose O. Padron, who lived on this earth from 1926 until this past Tuesday morning, 2017, 91 long years. Jose, this hour we will we will share parts of an interview that I had the opportunity to conduct with Jose Opadron back in June of 2016 at their headquarters. I spent an entire afternoon with Jose, with his sons George and Orlando, really to, got a chance to learn about his background and, and his story. And the story is amazing. It's inspiring. And I know that you will enjoy it during this hour. But briefly, let me talk about the life of Jose Opadron. He passed away, as I said, Tuesday in Miami at the age of 91. He started Padron Cigars with $600. He had one person that rolled the cigars. He sold them at night. And very interesting story that you will learn about how he was able to parlay working odd jobs, mowing lawns. He was able to use a hammer, the El Martillo, a hammer that was given to him by a friend that said, Jose, if you've got a hammer, then you can work. You can do odd jobs. Jose Padron said, I don't want to be on government assistance. I don't want to be on welfare. Couldn't wait to get off of it. But he was always appreciative of the helping hand that America gave to him. He was born in Consolacion del Sur in the western province of Pinar del, Ro del Rio, Cuba. His family, originally from the Canary Islands, worked and a tobacco farm in the Cuban region known as Vuelta Bajo, considered to be among the best tobacco in the world. He always said that when he was growing up, there was two things his family was never without, cigars and wine. And when he left Cuba in 1961 for Madrid, 
He was so poor, he had to beg on the streets of the Spanish capital. He moved to New York, lived there a short time before he moved to Miami. He founded Padron Cigars in 1964. And Padron Cigars was certainly not the gigantic operation that it is. It started off with very humble beginnings. If you go to Padron.com, you will see an entire statement that the Padron family made about uh, their father and their their family patriarch. He was a wonderful gentleman to be around. I can tell you he was always cordial. He would sit at the desk in the, nothing fancy, nothing pretentious. He didn't have a fancy office. He had this desk, and he would oversee every single cigar. You'd be in the, he'd be in the warehouse where they were packing the cigars. And one thing that Padron did, they could have packed the cigars and inspected them in Nicaragua. He never wanted to do that. He always wanted the quality control to be amongst family and his eyes in Miami. He said it costs us more, but you cannot underestimate the importance of quality. Over this next hour, we will celebrate Jose Padron's life. We will do so by replaying excerpts from the interview, the entire interview, available at CigarDave.com. And in this first segment... We talked to Jose Padron about growing up in Cuba and being around tobacco. So ask him to tell us uh, how he left Cuba, came to the United States. Papi, él quiere saber cómo tú saliste de Cuba y cómo viniste a los Estados Unidos. Esa historia, de la historia de cómo saliste. Salí de Cuba en el año 61, el día primero de abril. Era un sábado, un sábado de gloria. Uh, he left uh, Cuba April 1st, uh, 1961, which was a Saturday. Remembers the day. He remembers the day. Fue hacia España en en un avión de el avión la línea aérea española. Ahí estuve nueve meses en España. So he he left Cuba and he went to Spain and he lived in Spain for nine months. I didn't know that. That I never. I thought he came directly to the United States. No, no, no. And what what precipitated him going from Spain to the United States? So he, he was a member of the Revolutionary Army in Cuba. He was a lieutenant. So he was afraid that if he came to the U.S. that he would be expelled because of uh, the fact that he had at one time been, you know, which, again, many people may not understand the, the dynamics of that, but there are many people who were in the same situation as my father that at one point fought with the Rebel Army or with the Revolutionary Army and then later re realized the reality of the situation and sh and changed uh, positions because they understood what was coming. So he, he went to Spain because number, for that reason, and also he had a relative in Spain that he said he was going to go collect uh, an inheritance. The, the inheritance was hard work for 52 years. <laughs> that's, the, that's the inheritance. <laughs> He says he even asked for money in Spain, begged for money in Spain, of, to put it in in, term, in context of the condition economically that they were in, uh, you know, him and some other Cuban refugees that went to Spain. 
And it's interesting you mentioned that your dad was part of the Revolutionary uh, Army because many business people, including many people in the cigar business, thought that Castro, when he was going to come in, was going to be a good thing for the country. And little did they realize that uh, as soon as Castro got to power, confiscated their businesses and things changed. And and as they say, the rest is history. But did, was your father involved in cigars or the cigar industry in Cuba? Yeah, que él quiere saber si en Cuba tú tenías negocios de tabaco. No, en Cuba lo que teníamos era lo, impo lo más importante del tabaco. Siembra, proceso de curación y de palillo de coida. En Cuba no era negocio hacer una fábrica de tabaco, porque un tabaco se vendía 25 centavos. Is that, that in, um... In, in Cuba, then he never manufactured, our family never manufactured cigars. What, what we did do was what he considers probably the most important part of the tobacco business, which is growing the tobacco, curing and fermentation, and then sorting and deveining. So that, for him, was that's what our family did. And then in turn, sell the finished you know, tobacco, fermented tobacco, to the factories that would make the cigars. And thus, he was able to vertically integrate, so down in Nicaragua, you've always had your own farming operations in addition to the rolling operations and distribution. So because of that knowledge, he really had a leg up on, on other people that weren't as familiar with growing their own tobacco, which probably is the hardest part of the entire process. Right, que, que él dice que eso seguro que te ayudó mucho años después cuando abriste tu fábrica, que te dio una, un conocimiento de lo que es la parte más difícil, que es tener tabaco. Eso era, mi, eso era mi, mi oficio, yeah. curar tabaco. The, he says that that y was... Y los tres primeros años fue un desastre, hasta que me encontré en Nicaragua. He says that that was his job. I mean, that's what they did. They were, that was their specialty. It was growing and fermenting tobacco. That uh, when he came to the U.S., that the first couple of years were very difficult. He, in his words, it was a disaster because, you know, he didn't have the raw material that he needed to make the types of cigars that he wanted to. Eventually, he ended up in Nicaragua, and that's what allowed him to use his knowledge and to make the types of cigars that he, that he really wanted to make. The cigar industry certainly has lost a legend. The passing of Jose O. Padron at the age of 91 this past Tuesday. We will continue our tribute to Jose O. Padron next. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Vertical Sampler, including the 20th Anniversary Connecticut, the 20th Anniversary Sun Grown, and the 20th Anniversary Maduro. These cigars are handcrafted with the finest tobaccos grown exclusively on Perdomo's most prestigious Nicaraguan farms in Esteli, Condega, and the famed Jalapa Valley. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
Wow, he's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City of Tampa is Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. It is an all-ticketed VIP event. It is a great day filled with fantastic cigars from J.C. Newman, our presenting sponsor, Diamond Crown, a fantastic Alpha Lunch Buffet, a nice Cigar Dave goodie bag with all sorts of fine goodies for you, and you'll also enjoy great craft beer samplings, spirit samplings, whiskey samplings. We'll be surrounded by aircraft at Shelt Air Aviation right in the hangar. It is a fantastic day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 3rd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This is an all-VIP ticketed event, very, very limited. Go to CigarDave.com and purchase your tickets. That's CigarDave.com for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, Feb 3rd, 2018, in Tampa. We continue our tribute to Jose Opadron. Jose passed away this past Tuesday at the age of 91. Of course, we, we send our condolences to the entire Padron family. And we continue our interview that I, uh, I conducted with Jose Padron and George Padron, Orlando Padron, back in June of 2016. When he came to this country, got to Miami, he started cutting lawns, but a friend gave him a hammer, El Martillo. Very important significance that is still paid tribute to on every box of Padron cigars. George, I want to ask you, when your father came here, and if you ask your father, came here with almost no money, but he came with a lot of energy and a desire to work. And there's an important story about the hammer. And there's a hammer in the logo. You're wearing a, a polo shirt, and on the side, there's a hammer that says established 1964. Tell us the significance of El Martillo, the hammer. Eh, él dice que, que cuando tú viniste trabajaste muy duro y que hay un símbolo de la compañía que es el martillo que le, que le explique qué es lo que significa el martillo. Yo trabajaba por la mañana en jardinería y por la noche en remodelar oficina y peluquería. Para por la noche yo no tenía más que no tenía equipo. Y me regalaron un martillito que era para... La, la, terminado, trabajo determinado. Trabajo, trabajo de, de fine, fino, trabajo fino. Y ese martillito me ayudó mucho. He says that uh, when he first started working in Miami, uh, mo the work that he was doing was l uh, yard work. I mean, they had he he was able to help get ask a friend to lend them money to buy a lawnmower, <laughs> and they he eventually bought a few of them, and he started hiring some people to work with him, and they that's what he did during the day, and then at night he would moonlight doing carpentry work. Now, obviously, he didn't have a lot of equipment. Uh, most of the work that he did was finished carpentry. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember back in those days, there was a lot of 
paneling work that was done for divisions in the in the offices as well as homes and that was the type of work that he did and he used this uh, hammer a lot to do this type of work it wasn't there some part of the story where a friend gave him the hammer uh, to use and, and, and said something along with that sí que la parte también de cómo te entregaron el martillo la, la historia de cómo ah porque cuando yo iba a buscar comida del refugio del de refugio ahí había un amigo mío que me dice Estás haciendo trabajo de carpintería. Le digo, sí, te voy a regalar un martillo. Y me regaló un martillo. He says that when he, when he would go to, I mean, part of the story also is that the, the, a lot of the Cubans, or all of the Cubans that came from Cuba immigrating, uh, were benefited from the U.S. government giving them an assistance program that would give them basic need, you know, basic stuff for them, including money, some money, and other other things, soap, you know, whatever. Um, a friend of his that worked in that office gave him, you know, realized him and, and knew that he liked carpentry, so he's the one that gave him the hammer. My dad obviously felt, uh, you know, very uncomfortable going in there to take this money, knowing that he was young and energetic, he had the strength to, to work. So he ex expressed that to him, and the guy, as a symbolic gesture, gave him this hammer because he knew the, the, that he liked carpentry. And during that time, George, was while your dad was doing carpentry work uh, during the day, or lawn mowing during the day, carpentry at night, did he still have in the back of his mind something to do with cigars? Was that was that idea burning in the back of his head? Eh, dice que en, en estos años, al principio, cuando tú eh, estabas haciendo estos trabajos de jardinería y de carpintería, ya tú en tu mente tenías una idea que querías abrir una fábrica de tabaco. Mira, en marzo 29 de 64, Puse yo la luz, me costó 50 dólares, que había alquilado un, el local. Dice, en marzo 24. 29. Ahí tengo Mientras estaba eso ahí, porque en aquella época te daban el, el permiso, si tenía el local, Right. The, the problem that he had at that time was that, number one, he didn't have money. Okay. But to further complicate the situation, you, it was you were, in order to get a permit to manufacture cigars, you needed to demonstrate that you had a space to actually make the cigars in. So, unfortunately for him, not having the money, he ended up having to pay rent and electricity and all these expenses to demonstrate that he had the capacity to manufacture and wait for the permit to come in before he could actually start generating any business. De que yo pedí permiso, que fue, que abrí eso en marzo 29, me dieron el permiso en agosto 20. He didn't, he ended up starting to pay these expenses in March on March 29th he didn't actually get his permit till August 20th so you're talking about four or five months well about five months five months, yeah. five months until he could yeah, actually yeah he was paying 62 $62 in rent a month which he was rent. losing money for five months funding it by doing lawn more lawn work during the day cutting lawns and then the exactly. the carpentry at night again paying so That's nothing more than hard work. So the company was knowing, losing money for the first five months. And not knowing 
and not knowing, which is, the, which is the greatest thing here, which is goes back to the determination, the perseverance of understanding that you're paying for something, which is your dream to make these products, but you're not sure. Number one, you don't have the money. Number two, you're not certain of when you will get the the, the permit to do it. So, I mean, I think it, it you have to put yourself in that situation and try to you know remove yourself like i've done a lot in the last 20 years to appreciate what i have now and when you think about it he was still working two jobs every day while funding the rent the power not knowing and so really he was already losing money on the cigar uh, venture before he even you know could get the permit no no <laughs> Me dije, pues ganaba 60 pesos y pagaba alquiler. Pagaba alquiler hasta que mi suegro, el abuelo de él, me veía. Ah, porque fui al banco para que me prestara dinero y no me lo prestara. Oh, because he went to, to a bank here in Miami to request a loan and he was rejected. And yo le voy a decir la historia que decía. Sí, sí, sí. So he, he says to the bank official at the time, he says, you know, when the guy rejected him and told him, ¿cuánto era el préstamo que estaba pidiendo? He was asking for a $6,000 loan. And when they rejected him, he said to the guy, he goes, I want to thank you for this lesson. Because I walked in here, I walked in here expecting to leave in a car and I'm going to have to leave walking. <laughs> so it's a lesson for me. And from that day forward, my father has never asked a bank for a dime. So, and I'm sure many banks come in here would love to do business with you and would love to loan you money. And uh, as my grandfather would always tell me, whenever you need the money, the, the banks are never around. But when you don't need the money, all the banks line up. Dice que, que su abuelo siempre le decía que cuando uno necesita dinero, los bancos no se aparecen. Pero cuando uno no le hace falta dinero, todo lo Eso me pasó a mí, me ofrecía lo que tú quieras. He says that after that, all the banks came to offer him money, and he was so angry, he just said, forget it, I don't need your money now. I'm sure he said more than that. <laughs> I still remember the fascinating interview and conversation with Jose Padron, the founder of Padron Cigars, back in June 2016. And I wanted to share that again today, as this entire hour, we pay tribute to a cigar legend, a cigar master, and a wonderful gentleman. Jose O. Padron passed away this past Tuesday at the age of 91. We will continue with our exclusive interview of Jose Opadron playing excerpts around the corner. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Flight Line, presented by Diamond Crown, returns on Saturday, February 3rd, 2018 at Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers includes a buffet fit for an Alpha Male, great spirits, craft beer, Alpha Male camaraderie, and of course, plenty of Diamond Crown cigars. Tickets for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Flight Line, presented by Diamond Crown, are on sale. Get info and tickets at Cigar Dave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. This entire hour, we commemorate the life and pay tribute to Jose O. Padron of Padron Cigars, passed away this past Tuesday at the age of 91. The cigar industry has lost a legend I will forever miss going down to the Padron Cigar headquarters and their warehouse down in Little Havana and conversing with him, having a cigar with, with Jose, watching him inspect every cigar at his very, very ordinary desk right in the middle of the uh, warehouse facility. We go back to the exclusive interview that I uh, partook with Jose, as well as with George Padron, June 2016. We talked about the start, the very humble beginnings of Padron Cigars. Nothing fancy to start. So for five months, your father's paying rent. He is paying the power bill for a facility he cannot use, waiting for the federal government. And by the way, don't think it's a facility. Like It's not like a facility. It was a small, small place. A, this is a small space. It's not like a big place. So. so you're waiting. Finally, in August of 1964, what happens? Okay, in August, when you have permission, what happens? Well, what happens is that I'm going to take a little tobacco. Y empiezo y a hacer 200 tabaco diario con un tabaquero. He goes to Tampa and he finds tobacco. He went to, to Tampa. Yeah, but he didn't. And I'm not, you know, he's Oliva, not, Oliva. 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 So, so your relationship with uh, it must be Angel Oliva. Angel Oliva going back. So 1964, you go to Tampa, you go see uh, Angel Oliva, the Oliva tobacco family, which still are around today, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure you still have the great relationship with them. And what did you say to Angel? Que cuando fuiste a Tampa y hablaste con Ángel, que él le dijiste... Sí, me, me, me daban crédito, un crédito ahí por unos días. You know, that, that Pero el que más me ayudó es un señor del Viladelfia, Estrao. So, espérate, porque acuérdate que él es de Tampa, entonces... Okay. So, Angel, the Oliva, Angel Oliva ended up selling him tobacco on credit, which obviously he needed at the time because he didn't have the money to pay. So, obviously, he, he, they did that and he paid. Uh, but he also had help from another gentleman from Philadelphia named, ¿cómo se llama? Strauss. Last name by the name Strauss. Ese hombre me ayudó mucho. That, he, that gentleman helped him a lot in those in those days. ¿Qué es lo que tú le comprabas a él? La capa madura que aquí no nadie la fumaba. Que, he says that in those days, nobody in those days smoked Maduro. And he was able to obtain tobacco from Strauss at 70 cents a, uh, a pound. Pound. 
70 cents a pound. Uh-huh. Now, and think about this for a second. Eso es Connecticut Broadleaf. Burley. Broadleaf. Connecticut Broadleaf. La mejor del mundo. He says the best Connecticut Broadleaf in the world. He gets the tobacco from Strauss in Pennsylvania, the, the Broadleaf. Right. He gets some tobacco from the Olivas in Tampa, Angel Oliva. Takes the tobacco and then... That's when he began rolling cigars it, in what month of 1964? Okay, so he was using He was using tobacco from different countries, and it was not the type of cigar that he He didn't feel comfortable with the blend that he was putting out. So, so the first blend came out when he started making cigars was what September, October of 1964. Yeah, the 8th of September was the first uh, time he sold any cigar, the first day of sale. So September 8th, 1964, the first cigar is sold. The first dollar comes into Padron Cigars. Ask your father about what type of cigar it was and where did he sell that cigar. Okay, ese tabaco que tú sacaste en septiembre de 1964, ¿qué tipo de tabaco? Mira. Nadie en Miami, habíamos cuatro o seis fabriquitas, nadie usaba, nadie hacía la fuma. Todo el mundo hacíamos cazador. El cazador en Cuba era un tabaco de, de cabeza oblicuo. Así se empezó a hacer aquí. Oblicuo, estás hablando de mazo. Mazo, un mazo, sí, era así. No era redondo. Triángulo. Triángulo. Yo empecé en la bodega por la noche a llevar el tabaco. He says that in those days, there were about, only about four or five factories here in Miami. And in those days, the cigar that most people would sell was a cazador. Cazador. Cazador was a, a, round, a, head, you know, a cigar with a round head that uh, was sold in bundles of 25 cigars. Pero había aquí un el primer... Individuo que me compró un mazo de tabaco se llamaba Bernardo Conif. The, the first person to buy a bundle of cigars from him. El día 8 de septiembre. On the 8th of September was a gentleman. Los primeros tabacos que se hicieron él lo compró. It was a gentleman by the name of Bernardo Conif. Bernardo Conif, he still remembers the name of who he sold he the, the first, first bundle. He was the first customer, the first person to buy a bundle. And how much was the bundle at the time, if, he, if your dad remembers? $6. $6 for 25 cigars. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is interesting. And, and so, out the $6, did your father make money on the $6? Because <laughs> Sí, porque yo no pagaba aquí, no pagaba comisión ni nada, y lo vendía. Y es que, he would, you know, in those days he didn't have to pay any commissions. It was just him, you know, sort of like. Directo. He was, the, he was the employee, salesperson, head roller, everything. That's right. Bueno. That's exactly it. Entonces, cuando hice, ah, un día voy a la tienda porque yo vendí el tabaco de noche. So he would, he would sell the cigars at night. 
Still working, doing lawns, and then doing carpentry work at night here and there. He he was the salesman. So he, in, he, he ends up going to one of these uh, establishments that he had sold a bundle to and 15 days earlier. And he goes in and he sees that the bundle is still on the shelf without even one cigar being taken from it. Había otra marca aquí que era Moro que vendía en los grupos de tabaco. 100 tabaco, 200 tabaco a la vez. That there was another uh, company here called Morro. Morro cigars. Moro, Moro cigars. That was. Killing him. I mean, you know, a guy for every bundle that my dad would sell, that guy would sell twenty bundles. Cada mazo que tú vendías vendía veinte. Ah, veinte, treinta. Entonces llegó a un comercio y veo que nada más que le han sacado un tabaco más. Coño, se me cayó el corazón dije. No puedo seguir, pero bueno. So he, he goes to the store and he sees that the bundle that he had sold two weeks prior is only one cigar had been sold from that bundle. It was and, aging. So he looks at it and he's like... His, and by, he's, uh, 15 days. 15 days, one cigar. He looks at it and he goes, his, my heart was broken. I mean, I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, I can't believe I've only sold one cigar out of 25. tabaco. So he bought back the bundle from the customer. He bought it back. Llegué a la fábrica y me senté. Y me recuerdo de Conif. Cada vez que Conif llegaba a la tienda, a la barra, me decía, ¿te recuerdas de la fuma aquella que se hacía en Cuba? So he, he gets this bundle that he had sold and was there sitting for two weeks, buys it back, comes back to the factory, sits down and starts to think about what the hell could be wrong. So he, he tasted the cigar, he realized the cigar was good, it, was a, it tasted good, it wasn't a problem in terms of flavor or construction. So he starts to remember this one customer, Bernardo Conif, who was his original first customer, that every time he would come in to buy that bundle of cigars, he would always tell him, when are you going to make a fuma? Okay, a fuma was a different cigar than the one that was being that we that existed in the marketplace at that time. The fuma was basically was, was what the cigar rollers in Cuba <coughs> would take as part of their. That's what they would smoke, and basically it was a cigar that didn't have a finished head on it. It just had like a curly head. Mm -hmm. That's what it. That's what it was. And this gentleman w was always asking for my father for that cigar, but my father never did it. So when he's Llegué. now, on this day, he's there thinking about this, and he, that came to mind. Llegué a la fábrica, me senté ahí de noche, a las 12 de la noche. Oye, no tengo papeles para fuma. Lo que tengo es de cazador y con un... Eh, me pongo a pensar y me acordé de él. Al otro día, por la mañana, le digo al tabaquero que tenía uno. Se llamaba Jiménez. So he, he's, this is like 12 o'clock at night now, right? And he's in the factory there, busting his head, trying to figure out what the hell to do. And he remembers this gentleman, his request. So he has, he, he comes into the office the next day and he talks to his 
roller. His name was Jimenez. That was the name of the guy who would make the cigar for him. And he says to him, listen, make this cigar an inch longer and don't finish the head. Leave it as a curly head. Right? Entonces, ya le dijiste que hiciera el tabaco. ¿Cuándo fue lo del cambio del cazador a fumar? No, espérate. Ya después que él me tiene el, los 50 tabacos, ellos, llamé a Bernardo. El mostrador mío era así. A ver si que va. Lo tenía guardado y para cuando él llegara. Explícale. So, he, he comes in the next day and he talks to the roller. He says, make me the 50 cigars an inch longer with the head. And then he, once he had them finished, my dad says he had a, his counter was basically like a little counter that was about two feet wide. And underneath that counter, you know, where he would sell the cigars from for the people that would walk in, he had a little, a little space underneath the counter. So he put the 50 cigars there and he waited for this gentleman to come and see the cigars. Yeah, me a Bernardo. Bernardo, ven acá. Se para ahí. Te tengo algo aquí. Eso es lo que yo quería. Digo, lo estaba quiero que lo tenía que... Lo podía agarrar con la mano. Ah, te sigue haciendo eso. So he waits for Bernardo to come in and he says, no, I have a surprise for you. So he takes out the bundle and as he takes it out, Bernardo explodes like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> and my dad, at that moment, when he saw that reaction, he turned over to his roller who was like literally two feet away from him and says, don't make any more cazadores, make them all fumas. All fumas. Tengo un problema con la... Con el lado, no tenía papel. So now he has another problem, and that's that he doesn't have the paper. To, those cigars were sold in bundles. Right. And the bundle had to be covered in a paper. In a paper, you wrapped the price. It said Padron, and it said Cazadores on the side. But he didn't have the paper that said Fuma, right? The Cazador, the way that the Cazador was sold, right? You have it like this. And, and I'm describing this. It, it's basically circular around the cigars, and, and then on the bottom, it's flattened. No, bottom and top. You could bottom not see the cigar. You couldn't see the cigar. The way that the cigar was wrapped, it was wrapped completely. The whole bundle of 25 cigars was wrapped, so you wouldn't see what's inside the bundle. Now he has two problems. Because now the new cigar is a different cigar that doesn't is not called a cazador, so he doesn't have the paper. But in addition to that, he also has a problem because you don't want to cover that little that head. You want people sure. to see that it's different. Right. So he has to figure Entonces, out Fuma. So he got a, a sharpie. He he, well, he he got the paper of cazador. He folded it to be able to allow to wrap the, and see the other cigar. And then he scratched off the cazador <laughs> and he put fuma on it with a black marker. And that's how the first bundles of fuma. So that was how the fuma came about. And that's and eventually and that is the cigar that propelled him. <laughs> From, from where he was to, to be able to grow the company. Fascinating how one small change forever changed the overall trajectory of Padron cigars. We will continue our special tribute to Jose O. Padron, who passed away this past Tuesday at the age of 91. And when we come back, some more excerpts from that exclusive interview a year and a half ago with Jose O. Padron. 
Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. holiday season is upon us, and I can think of nothing better than to give your husband, your boyfriend, a co-worker, your fellow cigar connoisseur, a gift subscription to the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where every month they will receive incredible cigars, three great cigars shipped directly to them in an Officers Club pouch. The December 2017 Officers Club selection features the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigars. Vertical tasting with the Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, the Nicaraguan sun-grown wrapper, and the Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper. Awarded the Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014, uses the finest tobaccos grown exclusively on Perdomo's most prestigious Nicaraguan farms. They use high primings, beautiful taste, rich, elegant, complex flavors. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary, that's the December 2017 Officers Club selection. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The cigar industry lost a legend this past Tuesday morning. The passing of Jose O. Padron at the age of 91 lived a great long life and was active until the very end at Padron Cigars. We go back to excerpts from my two, June 2016 interview with Jose Padron and his son George Padron. And we talk about the an interesting development on how a small change made a huge difference in the company, but what a far cry when he started. He was just trying to sell some bundles, not the huge hundreds of thousands and millions of cigars that Padron Cigars sells today. So the Cazador sells a bundle of 25, 20. only one, are, one is sold, he takes it back, figures out why is this not selling. Then one of the other customers tells him, here's what I want you to do. I want a little bit longer. I want you to have a curly head. We're going to make it a Fuma. And then your father takes a Sharpie, scratches off, re shows the, uh, re repackages it, but shows the head. And then the cigar started flying off the shelves. Well, no, and then explíquele qué pasa después. Ahora empieza a vender ese producto. Y empieza la gente a imitarme. Then he puts it out. So he starts killing the competition. The cazadores, the cazadores are dead. 
Remember, that's the only product that's in the marketplace, Cazadores. Right. And now he comes out with this Fuma, and everybody wants the Fuma. So his competitors now start noticing, and they start making changes. Entonces, yo iba a los comercios, y cuando llego a un comercio que es en la calle 8, en la calle 7, se llama La Ferrolana, hago así, miro, ah, porque el viejo ese que tenía la otra fábrica, Moro, llamó al vendedor y le dijo, ¿por qué no se venden los cazadores? Ah, porque el padrón ha sacado una fuma, una fuma ahí que, que ha acabado con todo el mundo. So what happens is that his, the, big, the big competitor in Morro, that was the one that was killing everybody in the sales, eventually his sales of cazadores start to decline. So he asks his salesman, what, what's wrong with the cazadores? Why aren't we selling cazadores? And the salesman tells him, no, because padrón has come out with this fuma that's killing everybody in the market. And that was... Entonces, ¿qué es lo que pasa después que él le dice eso? Yeah, tráeme una fuma. So he asked his salesman, and I'll tell you how we know all this afterwards, but anyway, he... Lo lleva a los tabaqueros y le dice, una pulgada más de eso que está aquí. So he, he asked his salesman, this is competitor, to bring him one of our bundles of fumas so he could see it. The guy goes, brings him a bundle, he looks at it, and then he goes to his rollers and he said, make me this same cigar, but an inch longer. So Llego, he tells him to make the fuma like ours, but an inch longer. Llego a te y veo que y digo, coño, mejor veo este hombre. Le digo, déjame ver el mazo. Me lo enseña y era 31 centavos y la mía valía 30. So Cuando he, lo vi con 31, dije, me salvé, coño. So he, so he, um, he, he proceeds to put the product out to the market an inch bigger. And one day, my dad goes into this store, and he looks at the bundle of, of these people, and he looks at it next to our bundle, and he says, shit, it's a bigger cigar. <laughs> he says that our Fuma looked like a little midget next to their Fuma. But then he asked the attendant to give him a bundle. He wants to look at it. When he sees it, he realizes that they priced it at 31 cents a cigar, and ours sold for 30 cents. And he goes, that one cent saved us. Made the difference. Made the difference because people in those days were looking at every single penny. And that, he goes, when he saw that it was 31 cents, he goes, I'm set. There's no way I can, I can lose here. And that's eventually what happened. And so that cigar, then at that point, orders start exploding. Sí, que en ese momento ya la fuma se disparó. Ah, ya, made fuma, they made, they made yeah, the fumas took off, and and it was because one customer. Yeah, the only cigar that was selling was our fuma. And think about that: the the one the, the retailer, the person that was selling it, came to you and said, "This is what I want." Your father no, listened. Not a retailer; it was a consumer. Oh, consumer! Yes, a consumer yes, did that. Yes, we didn't sell to retailers. We sold. Most in those days, we sold first. We sold to anybody that would buy. Right. So let's start with that. But but I'm saying they would. You know, it was consumers and it was some local Cuban establishments that had opened up from from because of all the immigrants that were coming at the time. There were cafeterias popping right. up. You know, those and bodegas, of, little bodegas, places little, like that. Little supermarkets. And they were selling cigars. Mom and pop places that right. were opening up. And those were the places where all the Cubans would go to drink their coffee, to buy their cigars, to, you know, buy all the stuff like that. That's what And, and so your dad took consumer research, the first consumer research, by just a customer saying, do this and do this. Your father did it. And the rest, 
I guess we say, is history. Jose Orlando Padron had a favorite quote by a Cuban poet. Men are divided into two groups, those who love and create and those who hate and destroy. Jose Padron loved and created, built a great business, built a great family. He was a wonderful gentleman who will be sorely missed. Passed away this past Tuesday at the age of 91. Memorial service is being held today, uh, 2 o'clock actually, St. Patrick Catholic Church in Miami Beach. Jose O. Padron, rest in peace. You will be forever remembered, and I will enjoy one of your great cigars in your honor today. Hour 2 is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a diamond crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, we hope you enjoyed the special tribute to cigar industry icon, legend, cigar master, Jose Orlando Padron. Passed away Tuesday at the age of 91. Wonderful gentleman to be around. I always enjoyed the opportunities when I would visit their headquarters it was like visiting family. We'd go in, I'd see George, I'd see his brother Orlando, I'd go and pay tribute to Jose. He'd always be sitting at his wood desk, nothing fancy, right in the middle of the uh, warehouse where women would inspect every single cigar, put them in cellophane and pack them. Normally that's done in Nicaragua at the factory, but not at Padron. They went to the extra expense to make sure everything was inspected by a Padron family member. And I'll never forget watching Jose, for hours, just check all those cigars. Built an incredible company and hope you enjoyed our tribute to him. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio, always pleasure. The Global Five Star General, Global Alpha, coming to you from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa. Before we move on to several other items, let me continue a little tribute to Jose O. Padron. Great, uh, and we'll post this. There was a wonderful uh, um, obituary, a, a, an article about uh, Jose Padron in the Miami Herald saying, Jose Padron, the man behind some of the world's best cigars. And just fascinating when I learned his story, how he came here, started with mowing lawns and a hammer. And at the very beginning, the government, if you wanted to start a cigar factory, you had to have a factory, you had to have power in that factory before you could even apply to get a federal tobacco license. So he had to pay rent for seven, eight months, pay the power bill before he rolled one cigar. People don't realize the sacrifice. It was not an overnight success. Or as I, I kidded him when I saw him a year ago, a year and a half ago, I said, Jose, 
you, he said, it, it was not an overnight success. I said, yes, it was. It was, an, it was 52 years of overnights to become successful. And he laughed and he said, that's exactly right. Very humble, never forgot where he came from, uh, always helped those around him. And I'll never forget, we'd go to lunch every so often. And of course, he'd have his Padron, we'd all have Padron cigars, and George would drive. And it would be, a, you know, uh, Jose's nice four-door sedan, a Mercedes sedan. And I'll never forget, I said, Oop, let me put the cigar out. And Jose looked at me and he said, why? I said, well, I don't want to smoke in your cigar or your car. And he said, no. How do you think I got the car? Through cigars. We smoke in the, in the car. And that was, uh, that was great. And unpretentious. Very successful. But the entire Padron family, George, Orlando, his grandkids, his nephew that's in the company, everybody, they're so unpretentious. They're just, and I think that starts from, it started from Jose, because everybody knew where he came from. They didn't have instant success, never forgot where he came from, which is a wonderful trait, a blue-collar type of cigar industry owner. And we will post the link to the, uh, to the obituary, the article that was in the Miami Herald. And let me just read to you the tribute that was placed at Padron.com, their website. Big picture of uh, Jose Padron with his signature, smiling with a cigar in his mouth, and underneath the caption, 1926 until uh, 2017. It is with deep sorrow that we announce the passing of our father, Padron family patriarch and founder of Padron Cigars, Jose Orlando Padron. Jose Orlando had a favorite quote by Cuban poet Jose Marti. Men are divided into two groups, those who love and create and those who hate and destroy. Jose Orlando Padron was a man who loved and created. He built a loving family. He built an extended family of employees in Nicaragua and the United States, whom he loved and respected. After immigrating from Cuba, he founded a small family business in Miami in 1964. He built it into an international company, creating one of the most respected cigar brands in the world. He built a legacy. He never forgot his simple roots in the countryside of Cuba and as a poor refugee in a new country. He was grateful to those who helped him in times of need and through his toughest challenges. It is why he remained humble and committed to giving back. He turned his gratitude into the Padron Family Foundation so he could help others the same way he was helped. To quote one of Marti's famous aphorisms, there are three things that each person should do during his lifetime. Plant a tree, have a child, and write a book. Having lived an accomplished and loving life, Jose Orlando achieved all three. He loved his family, he loved his native Cuba, and, he, and his adopted countries of Nicaragua and the United States. He loved God, he loved life, he loved a good cigar, and sharing it with friends. He leaves behind his wife, Florinda, his children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, and great-grandchildren, as well as his extended family of trusted employees and friends whom he loved like family. He spent years preparing us for this moment, and we will carry on their traditions and lessons he passed on. We will strive every day to live like he did, carry on his name, and make him proud. Rest in peace, Poppy. And memorial services being held actually today, in about an hour or so, St. Patrick's Catholic Church, on Garden Avenue in Miami Beach. And in lieu of uh, flowers, the family asked donations be made in support of the Padron Family Foundation, which funds education and healthcare programs benefiting communities. They operate in Miami and Nicaragua. PadronFamilyFoundation.org. 
Uh, yesterday uh, in the afternoon, they set up a special donation page, padronefamilyfoundation.org. We will send that out on social media. We will put a link to it at cigardave.com. And they conclude by saying, we thank you for your patience and understanding during this difficult time, the Padron family. And it will never be the same when I go down, just like when I go to J.C. Newman Cigars, and there's no Stanford Newman. But his, his memory, his legend is everlasting. Same with Jose Padron. When I go to visit Padron Cigars, it will be different. I will look at that desk, that unpretentious wood desk, and I will still visualize him sitting in that chair with that Padron cigar in his mouth, inspecting every single cigar, talking to employees, family members while he's doing it, greeting people and guests as they come in. It will not be the same, but his memory will live on. And what a, what a treat for me. What an honor when George called me on the commemoration of their 50th anniversary party back in September of 2014. George called me up about, oh, about eight weeks prior and said, Dave, I wanted to call you personally, and you're going to get an invitation, but I wanted to call you personally and invite you to our family celebration, uh, celebrating 50 years of Padron Cigars. And what an evening it was. There were probably a 1,000 people there. It was a, forget a five-star affair, it was a 10-star affair. It was held in a uh, very unique building, almost an industrial type of building that has parties and other, because they needed a place where they could be cigar-friendly. They weren't going to throw a party where you couldn't smoke cigars. And initially, George said, hey, we're going to do something in a tent uh, by our headquarters. And then he kept saying, no, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it did. What an evening with incredible cigars, with the family, with the people who do business, with friends. It was just a wonderful evening. Great food, great entertainment, great tributes to the Padron family. And uh, I was really honored to fly down and attend that event. Really would not have missed that. I still remember that. And every time I saw Jose Padron, George Orlando, the entire Padron family, I still say, what an incredible evening. You know, just an evening that will not be forgotten. And uh, to all the Padron family, again, our condolences. I know it is a difficult time, and I know it's going to be very difficult for George, for Orlando, for Florinda, for every member of the Padron family to come into Padron headquarters on Monday and begin the work that, Padron, that Jose Padron started 53 years ago. And I know that if he was still around, he'd say, get back to work, get back to shipping our cigars, get back to overseeing making our cigars, make sure the tobacco's right, make sure the quality's right, Keep satisfying our customers. Don't disappoint them. Don't let them down. And I'm sure they will be there with very heavy hearts for a very long period of time. And uh, it's one of those things you never get over. You, uh, you just kind of adjust to. And I'm sure they will adjust, but they will never forget. Uh, and his, his spirit, his picture looms large, overseeing everything at Padron Cigars. So, Joseo Padron, it was indeed an honor, a high honor, a distinct privilege to have known you for 22 years. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, I will certainly miss seeing you on my trips down to Little Havana and Padron Cigars. And again, we will have the entire interview the, that we did with Jose Padron, George Padron, special page that we set up, CigarDave.com. When we come back, 
A very big day took place on Thursday. It was Pearl Harbor Day. We remember December 7, 1941, a day that shall live in infamy. And when we come back, President Trump paid high honor and, and, and remembered those veterans. So when we come back from the, this short time out, we will share President Trump's remark and what one of the vets did during President Trump's remarks that was uh, very impromptu, very off the cuff. And we will give you a background on that. The French ambassador, not happy with him. The French ambassador to the United States made some disparaging remarks about this country on Pearl Harbor Day, unacceptable. And we are exactly eight weeks away from the Cigar Day Valpho Pleasure Fest on the flight line Saturday, February 3rd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Shelter Aviation Hangar 1A on the grounds of Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City of Tampa, presented by Diamond Crown. It is going to be an incredible event. You're going to get six fantastic cigars, five Diamond Crowns, and a special Brickhouse Double Connecticut, two very special Diamond Crowns, one not even available for sale, only to the family. Great food. We've got uh, great entertainment, great samplings of craft beer and spirits with airplanes to surround us. Tickets are way, I mean, way ahead of last year. There's no, we are right now at what we did last year. So there's no question we're going to exceed it. But we keep it very limited because we want it to be an intimate one-on-one -on -one affair. Tickets, it's an all-VIP ticketed event, one price for everything, $170 plus service charge. And you may be saying, General, $170? Wait a minute. What you get from a humongous Alpha Buffet. You get $90, $100 worth of cigars as soon as you walk in. Samplings of great spirits, great camaraderie. We do the live Cigar Dave broadcast. It's a wonderful day. Go to CigarDave.com. Makes an incredible holiday gift. Give it to your wife. Give it to your husband. Give it to your, your boss. Give it to your, your boyfriend. Give it to your uh, sugar daddy. Whatever. Give it to a... I guarantee you that will be the best, much better than a tie. Guaranteed. They will have a great time. CigarDave.com, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line in Tampa, Shelter Aviation, Saturday, February 3rd. The December selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Vertical Sampler, including the 20th Anniversary Connecticut, the 20th Anniversary Sun Grown, and the 20th Anniversary Maduro. Each cigar uses Nicaraguan tobacco from Perdomo's Farms in Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa Valley, giving them a rich, elegant, and complex flavor. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with a Cigar Dave mobile app. Sleigh bells are ringing. Are you listening? And the lane snow is glistening. Happy holidays from all of us on the Cigar Dave Show. The great silky smooth Dean Martin. He was the kind of guy I never liked to rehearse. And I could just see Dean showing up to a recording session, no rehearsal. Just have a little uh, glass of. Uh, everybody thought he was always loaded, he wasn't. I think it was apple juice. But just with his little uh, glass in his hand, his cigarette, saying, okay, boys, let's go. Strike up the band. And one take. One take, Dean, I am sure. The great Dean Martin. Well, on Thursday, we celebrated the 76th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor by the Japanese in Hawaii. December 7th, 1941, a day that shall live in infamy, which uh, brought the United States fully into World War II. President Trump honored the uh, many of the living, some of the living Pearl Harbor veterans with a special proclamation, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. He had them in the White House, then he had them all in the Oval Office. And something happened during the, while President uh, Trump was talking about Remember Pearl Harbor, there was a song by Sammy Kay, a war song actually written after the attack to galvanize support for World War II, Remember Pearl Harbor. One of the vets stole the show. It's like these men answered the same call and went to war. They fought, they bled, they sacrificed, and they triumphed. Many died to defend America against our enemies and to defeat the enemies of all humanity. The legacy of that legendary American generation is carved deep into the stone monuments of history across the battlefields, oceans, and harrowing skies of Europe and the Pacific throughout the war 
one great battle cry could be heard by American friends and foes alike. Remember Pearl Harbor. Have you heard that before a couple of times? Remember Pearl Harbor. Remember Pearl Harbor <laughs> as we go to meet the foe. Just remember Pearl Harbor as we did the Alamo. We shall always remember how they died for liberty. Just remember Pearl Harbor and go on to victory. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Just broke right into song. We've got the original Remember Pearl Harbor song by Sammy Kay. Big rallying cry during World War II. History in every century records an act that lives forevermore. We'll recall as into line we fall the thing that happened on Hawaii shore. Let's remember Pearl Harbor as we go to meet the foe. Let's remember Pearl Harbor as we get the Alamo. We will always remember how they died for liberty. Let's remember Pearl Harbor and go on to victory. Very famous song played during World War II to rally the support of Americans. And every American, male, female, everybody pitched in, everybody joined the war effort. And President Trump said as long as he's in office every year, on December 7th, they will pay tribute to all the Pearl Harbor veterans and a Pearl Harbor Day. Quite a contrast from the previous president, who uh, basically always tweeted out pictures of himself at the Pearl Harbor Pearl Harbor Monument in, uh, in in Hawaii, but never had anybody, any of the Pearl Harbor veterans over to the White House. Quite an interesting contrast. Bravo to President Trump. Now, somebody that I'm not happy with, the French ambassador to the United States, Gerard Araud, A-R-A-U-D, Gerard Araud. He uh, used the occasion, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, to bash America's position in world, on World War II in the 1930s. Here was his first tweet. In this Pearl Harbor day, we should remember that the U.S. refused to side with France and U.K. to confront fascist powers in the 30s. He uh, sent that on Thursday evening. The tweet was later deleted. He quickly tried to defend his uh, deleted tweet with some subsequent tweets. He said, UK, France, and US committed awful mistakes in the 30s because of its geography. France was the first to pay for them. And in yet another tweet, he finally acknowledges the American sacrifice in World War II. We are immensely grateful for what the US did for France in 1944, but it is a fact that US, France, and UK committed mistakes in the 30s. Maybe one of the mistakes that France made was not having a military to stand up to Hitler and the Third Reich. Maybe that was the mistake. Maybe being a bunch of uh, pansy-ass, retreating, surrenderous French like the Vichy government. What? And by the way, I like how his tweet, uh, when he said he's immensely grateful, uh, came from G Coral Gables. So clearly he was enjoying the sunshine here in the United States. Talk about ridiculous. 
The French would be speaking German if it wasn't for us. Period. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City of Tampa is Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. It is an all-ticketed VIP event. It is a great day filled with fantastic cigars from J.C. Newman, our presenting sponsor, Diamond Crown, a fantastic Alpha Lunch Buffet, a nice Cigar Dave goodie bag with all sorts of fine goodies for you, and you'll also enjoy great craft beer samplings, spirit samplings, whiskey samplings. We'll be surrounded by aircraft at Shelt Air Aviation right in the hangar. It is a fantastic day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 3rd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This is an all-VIP ticketed event, very, very limited. Go to CigarDave.com and purchase your tickets. That's CigarDave.com for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, Feb 3rd, 2018, in Tampa. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. We pay tribute to the life of Jose Orlando Padron, passed away Tuesday at the age of 91. Cigar legend, cigar industry icon, and I can think of no better cigar to honor Jose Padron's life than... The eponymously named Padron 1926 Series 90th Anniversary. This came out a year ago to celebrate the milestone 90 years of age. And what's amazing is when I look at some of these cigar industry icons, they all lived to 90 and above. I look at Frank Yaneza, who was, I want to say, 90-91. Stanford Newman had turned 90. Joseo Padron, 91. What was the one thing they had in common? They smoked at least five cigars every day. They were around cigar smokers. Something to be said. Can I scientifically prove that? No. But certainly the evidence is there that enjoying cigars, being around cigar connoisseurs, certainly leads to a long, healthy life. And as I mentioned, while Jose Padron slowed down the last few years, didn't attend the IPCPR conventions, Nonetheless, he was still there every day to the very end with it and checking those cigars for quality at his very unassuming wood desk in the middle of the, the warehouse area. So, the Padron 1926 Series 90th Anniversary. It comes in only one size. And that is a five and a quarter inch by 55, what I call Super Toro. 
It is a, they, they call it a Maduro, but I really call it more like a Super Toro because really it's a little bit larger than a Robusto, a little bit smaller than a Toro, but that ring gauge is nice. You can call it a Robusto. You can, you can call it a Rotoro. How's that? But it's a great size, and it, the packaging is exquisite. The natural comes in, they're all come, they all come in tubes, has a secondary band with a beautiful 90th anniversary designation. But the natural has a light cream tube, whereas the Maduro has a beautiful deep burgundy red tube. And I'm pulling this out from the tube right now. Suggested retail is $20 for these cigars worth every single cent. The Padron 1926, beautiful cigar, originally came out to celebrate the birth, the birth year of Jose Opadron. But a wonderful cigar, a little bit fuller flavor than the 1964 anniversary. Wonderful notes of cocoa, of coffee, some pepper, some spice, but very, very smooth. Limited, limited quantities. Very, very difficult to get. Comes in boxes of 10, about $200 for the box, sometimes more. Guarantee, you buy one of these Padro 1926 Series 90th Anniversaries, your biggest disappointment will be when the cigar is done and the box of 10 is finished. It's a great cigar. It's a classic. No better way to pay tribute to the life of Jose Padron than to smoke today during this litation ceremony, the Padron 1926 Series 90th Anniversary Robusto, 5.25 inches in length with a 55 ring gauge. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. I am going to go old school, just the way Jose Padron many times would cut his cigar and light his cigar. I'm going old school today. I'm not going to use a cutter or a guillotine. I'm not going to use a bullet cutter, a piercer, or a cat's eye or a wedge. I'm going to use my thumbnail. That's how they did it way, way back in Cuba. That's how they do it in the factories today. Manuel Casada taught me that. Most of the manufacturers, when I go, right in the factory, they'll pull a cigar, they'll start taking their thumb and using that as a cutting device, perforating the cap around the cigar, the head of the cigar. That's exactly what I'll do today. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Going old school, as I mentioned. I don't know if you can hear this. Let me see if you can, if you can hear those. Those are cigar cedar wood matches. These are three and a half inches in length. Actually, let me go ahead and measure it just to be on the safe side. Let me do this. Yep, three and a half inches in length. Cedar matches, plenty of time to light this cigar. I'm going old school today, fellow alphas, in tribute to Jose Opadron. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Okay, I'm going to cut. Basically, I'm going to perforate, taking my thumb, and I'm just perforating along the edges like I would do with a cutter, but taking my time. It's amazing. When you get this down, people look at me and say, well, wait, you're using your thumb? I'm like, you got it. I teach them that trick, and they say, how'd you learn that? I said, from the cigar masters themselves at the factory. And now when I go to the factory, many people look and say, I'm amazed. How did you learn that? 
And I tell them, and I say I'm a very quick study. All right, perfect perforation and cut. The cap has come off brilliantly. Take a few taps of the head on my palm here. Let me break out my giant cigar cedar matches. Here we go. Listen to that. And I gently angle the match down at a 45 degree angle, which allows more of the flame, and I'm going to exposes more of the flame as it rides up the cedar. I'm going to just toast the foot of the cigar. And I'm going to puff rotate. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, listen to the crackle. Mm. Taking our time. That's the one thing about this match. I got plenty of time before it hits my finger. Extinguish it. Mm. I'm going to take a look here. Oh, need one more light. Just have a couple areas that are still on the black side, not an even amber glow, so I will use that. Listen to that crackling. Okay. Mm. Beautiful. Just so elegant to light your cigar with a cedar match. Beautiful. Long cedar cigar match. Take your time. Mm. Gently extinguish that. Mm. Take a hoop bar of my fantastic mm. Padron 90th. This is beautiful. Let me just get that aroma around me. As I take another puff, I will blow it towards the heavens and towards Jose O. Padron. We'll definitely miss seeing him when I go down to Padron headquarters down in Miami. Again, just uh, an honor to know him for the past 22 years. It won't be the same. All right. I've got my Padron 1926 series, 90th anniversary, properly lit. I need a proper libation in which I can propose a toast to the life of Jose Padron. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Okay, I am going to pull out a cognac. It has been a while since I have had a cognac. So today I'm going to open up this bottle of Remy Martin VSOP, which stands for Very Special. VSOP, Very Special or Very Superior Old Pale. The youngest... Cognac, the youngest brandy in this particular cognac, must be stored for at least four years in the cask. Now, what is cognac? It's basically wine that is fermented like a distilled spirit. The, it's a variety of brandy named after the town of Cognac, France. The ungrateful French, at least the French U.S. ambassador to the United States, for his disparaging tweets about the United States during World War II, few days ago, very upset about that. Again, if it weren't for the United States, the Europeans would be talking about winning the war. We went in and did it. So to that uh, that uh, ambassador, Gerard Arod, go screw yourself. Go back to France. We don't need you here in the U.S. of A. But variety of brandy named after the town of Cognac. And in order for Cognac to be called Cognac and not brandy, the grapes must come from the Cognac region. And the specified grapes, there is an Uni Blanc, the most widely used in Cognac. The brandy, brandy must be twice distilled in copper pot stills, aged at least two years in French oak barrels from Limousine or Troncé. And the Cognac matures in the same way as a whiskey or a bourbon age in the barrel. 
So you get that nice wood taste. You get a very unique flavor. And when you look at cognac, it is starts off as a wine, but becomes the cognac, a fermented, a distilled spirit. Very, very nice. The Remy Martin VSOP is contains 55% grapes grown from the Grand Champagne region and 45% Petite Champagne grapes, 40% alcohol by volume or 80 proof. Let me pour this. Wonderful aroma. Ah, can't go wrong. Very reasonably priced, about 70 bucks for this. Has a nice copper gold color, some nice vanilla, almost some clove type of aroma on the nose. Let me say cheers. And a toast to the life of Joseo Padron. Rest in peace, my friend. Oh! Perfect accompaniment for my Padron 90th anniversary cigar. Wow. Some raisin-type flavors. Mm. Some oakiness. Definitely some chocolatey type of flavor. Very, very pleasant. So, my Remy Martin VSOP, very superior old pale, is very nice. And again, if we look at an XO, extra old, or Napoleon, the youngest brandy in that in that uh, cognac is at least six years of age. And then, of course, you can go further and further. The older, the more you're going to pay. But VSOP, very nice. Even the VS, which is two years in the cask, very nice. Can't go wrong. But for 60 bucks, is VSOP, very, very nice. All right, so I've got my cigar that is properly lit. I've got my libation. Let me go ahead and continue here. Tell you what, when we come back, I will share with you couple of things. Number one, I think men are under attack again. This whole nonsense, well, not nonsense, but now we're going from one extreme, the pendulum going from one extreme to the other, where now if you smile at a woman, it's considered sexual harassment. I've got a story about a uh, the Arizona representative, Trent Franks, who's resigning, but you won't believe what he's accused of and why they deem that to be sexual harassment, which I think is nonsense. And also a study finding that meat perpetuates hegemonic masculinity. So now here we are. We've got toxic masculinity, hegemonic masculinity. If we meet, if we smoke cigars, if we like dames, everything is evil. If it has to do with being masculine, we're guilty. Throw, throw us in jail, lock the key, give us the uh, death sentence, put us on the electric chair for being heterosexual USDA certified alpha males. I will have nothing of it. Fin final. And concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Flight Line, presented by Diamond Crown, returns on Saturday, February 3rd, 2018 at Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City. This day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers includes a buffet fit for an alpha male, great spirits, craft beer, alpha male camaraderie, and of course, plenty of Diamond Crown cigars. Tickets for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Flight Line, presented by Diamond Crown are on sale. Get info and tickets at CigarDave.com.
Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The holiday season is upon us, and I can think of nothing better than to give your husband, your boyfriend, a co-worker, your fellow cigar connoisseur, a gift subscription to the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where every month they will receive incredible cigars, three great cigars shipped directly to them in an Officers Club pouch. The December 2017 Officers Club selection features the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigars. Vertical tasting with the Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, the Nicaraguan sun-grown wrapper, and the Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper. Awarded the Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014, uses the finest tobaccos grown exclusively on Perdomo's most prestigious Nicaraguan farms. They use high primings, beautiful taste, rich, elegant, complex flavors. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary, that's the December 2017 Officers Club selection. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month, gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. La nuca linda está aquí Ocho candelas para mí La nuca linda está aquí Ocho candelas para mí Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah from all of us on The Cigar Dave Show Ocho candelicas Spanish to English, eight candles. Big night on Tuesday, the start of Hanukkah at sundown, Tuesday this Tuesday, December 12th, eight nights of Hanukkah, and we also celebrate the Festival of Lightation, which coincides with Hanukkah. Yes, I created that holiday, but it is appropriate. Eight nights, eight cigars, and we will start appropriately this coming Tuesday with a especially tribute to Jose Padron on his passing, a Padron 1926 number two torpedo Maduro. That will be our first cigar that we will light for the Festival of Lightation. Tuesday also marks Frank Sinatra's birthday. He would have been 102. Two weeks from today, it will be our New Year's special New Year's champagne and sparkling wine tasting edition of the Cigar Dave Show. We're going to run that over... The same show two weeks, November tw- or correction, December 23rd and December 31st. With all the football games and holidays, there's a lot of preemptions on our affiliates. So we will run that back-to-back. This way you'll have plenty of time, and we'll post 
a PDF of all the, we're probably going to do about 20 different champagnes and sparkling wines. We will post that at CigarDave.com. We are eight weeks away from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line Saturday, February 3rd. Makes a great Hanukkah gift, a great Christmas gift, just a great gift in general. Saturday, February 3rd, Shelter Aviation, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Hangar 1A, right at Tampa International Airport. When you get in, you're going to get a five-star VIP uh, uh, assault pack that includes six super premium cigars, including... The Diamond Crown Julius Caesar 1895 Double Perfecto, only available at Diamond Crown Lounges. And an Alpha Pleasure Fest exclusive cigar, the Diamond Crown 1895 Double Perfecto, the same size Julius Caesar Newman smoked. Only available for the family, not available for sale. Eric and Bobby Newman made that specially available. We've got a huge Alpha Male buffet. We've got samplings of craft beer and, and we've got uh, Funky Buddha Brewing's going to be there. We've got great gins, and we'll have bourbons and whiskeys and tequilas. The sh- live show from uh, noon to 2, the entire Cigar Dave crew, it's going to be fantastic. Go to CigarDave.com. Tickets already ahead of last year. No doubt, we keep it limited. It's going to sell out. Go get your tickets. $170 plus service fee, but it includes everything. A great day of alpha pleasure. All right. First of all, I want to talk about, uh, we're seeing now, if you look at a woman and smile at her and say, good morning, I love that dress on you, or that perfume smells great, what are you wearing, or love the shoes, or you look fantastic, you're losing weight, you will now be accused of sexual harassment. Your career will be in tatters, you'll be asked to resign, this is how ridiculous. Now, here's the thing. Are we going to go back 30, 40, 50 years, 80 years? Now, if somebody does something today, that's different. But now we're taking men's careers away without any due process. That's what I have a problem. And here's a perfect example. First of all, Garrison Keeler from Prairie Home Companion National Public Radio. I don't listen to NBR, but pretty well known up in Minnesota. And he was fired for inappropriate behavior, sexual harassment. Now, I figured, okay, well, what did he do? Did he try to, like, you know, hit on all the women around him? Did he... Did he, you know, do something that was really, really inappropriate? He was never even allowed to come in and present his side of the story, and that's what I have a problem with. turns out that apparently he was comforting a woman, and he had his hand on her back, and his hand went up about six inches. Now, when you're comforting somebody, it's not like his hand went down on her ass. It went up towards her shoulder. But now, all of a sudden, we're going to strip a guy of a long career, an illustrious career, because of that. Latest example. Republican Congressman Trent Franks of Arizona is resigning next month after revealing that he discussed surrogacy with two female staffers. The staffer said it made them uncomfortable, so now all of a sudden, to avoid a controversy, he is resigning. And I just think that is absurd. He and his wife wanted to have a child. They couldn't. They had to do it through surrogacy. My understanding is, from what I read, apparently he may have approached two women in his office about possible being possible surrogates. Okay, does that, in and of itself, is that sexual harassment? Is that grounds for somebody who's done nothing else in his, in his professional career, hasn't smacked a woman on her ass, hasn't pulled his trousers down, hasn't forced himself on anyone? I understand if women have, are uncomfortable about it, but if a woman says, you know, that's really not my thing, but I'm flattered, is that really grounds for somebody to lose their livelihood? 
I think we're getting now to a point where it's going way over extreme. And don't think for a second that the feminists on this this whole deal, don't think for a second that they're not gleeful about what's going on because they want to put more women in the House and Senate. I have no problem them running and winning the old-fashioned way, but to try now to disgrace current members of the House and Senate for what this particular transgression supposedly, because Representative Tra- uh, Franks discussed maybe a, uh, would a few women in his office be interested in a surrogate? Hey, obviously, they look and say they must be smart, they must be attractive. I mean, if a woman came to me and said, General, I would love to use your sperm to be a surrogate. I mean, your your personality, your sense of humor, your debonairness, your overall je ne sais quoi. I mean, I would look and say, well, I'm very flattered. I can certainly understand why you'd want that, but I'll have to pass on that. But I wouldn't say to that woman, you harass me. You, you, your career should be in tatters. Let's use some common sense here, people, please. Enough is enough. All right, next week I'll get to this meet the story about being a carnivore means that you are exhibiting hegemonic masculinity. Don't forget, buy your tickets, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 3rd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., CigarDave.com. Join the Officers Club. Got the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Great December Selection. Festival Litation starts Tuesday at sundown, CigarDave.com. All the info, Cigar Dave, the general, say Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Jose Orlando Padron, rest in peace, my friend. You will be missed.